Welcome back, everybody. I am Ryan West, a host of Neanderthal Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, I, last week, I said I was taking a break for December on the podcast, which is mostly true. I do not have any guests scheduled, nor will I schedule any for this month. But I'm still doing like some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, getting guests scheduled for next year. Uh, for what I will be calling Season 2 of Nina Talk Podcast. Uh, I just need to take a little break from December. What can I say? It's been 124 episodes with no real long break. So I'm going to recharge the batteries and uh, kind of switch things up and get some different ideas and, and just do a little thing, a few things that are off. that aren't really just sitting out with guests. Um, but today I had an idea of you know covid is still on the brain of everybody and kansas City is getting hit really hard the businesses are getting hit really hard and i love local businesses as you guys know and i love the crossroads the crossroads district of kansas city and i uh it it dawned upon me that i have a few episodes with uh crossroads centric guests and uh so i wanted to play a little bit of each one of those those uh those guests to highlight their businesses and just them and maybe it'll spark you guys to kind of go out and maybe not necessarily give them your business if you don't want to but at least give you the idea like hey support local business right now they're really struggling you know we've got these lockdowns in Kansas City right now where we got like a 10 o'clock everything has to shut down at 10 p.m because you know the virus doesn't hit you till 1001 and it's really it's it's just really hindering local business and, and the service industry in particular. So without any further ado, here are the uh, the guests I have for this special crossroads edition of the uh, podcast. Uh, start out with Michael with Mother Clucker. If you guys remember, Mother Clucker is Nashville hot fried chicken. It's phenomenal. I have it a lot. Uh, it's in Parlor, which is down there. Um, and after her, and that was, uh, if, and I'll give you guys the episodes number, episode numbers of these in case, uh, you want to go back and listen to the whole episode. If you hear different portions of this and want to hear more, uh, so mother clucker was that episode was episode one Oh seven. Uh, after him, I got in there. Tiki D Tiki D we got Diana. She is my favorite bartender in Kansas city and you can, have some of her amazing drinks at Mean Mule, which is right next door to Parlor. And um, go in there, say hi. Tell her Ryan from Neanderthal Podcast sent in there, and uh, I bet she might give you. Tell her you want a, a free shot of rum. Tell her it's, it's on me. Um, and then after her, she was episode 121. If you guys want to go check out her full episode, phenomenal story she has. I, I, she's great. Uh, then after her, we have Zaid with Pirate's Bone Burger. That was episode 88. Uh, he's got the vegan burger restaurant right in the heart of the crossroads there. You can take the streetcar basically right in front of his, right in front of his shop. Go in there, uh, have some amazing fries and different kinds of burgers that are meatless. Uh, it's phenomenal. Go support him. He's got an incredible story humbling story uh the dude's a really great person and then finishing it up doodle dude 
uh, and this was from episode 60. Uh, Doodle Dude did one of the murals inside of Parlor. It's in like that big bay area up on the second floor. It's brightly colored. It's great. It's beautiful. Um, and then I put all his information on the end there. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of these people's episodes before, uh, maybe it'll inspire you to go back and listen to the whole ones. If not, you get a little taste of it. A little a la carte smorgasbord, you know, of, uh, of the crossroads right here. Um, I'd, I'd like to thank all of these guests that were on previously. Just thank them again. And I hope you guys really do take the time to support these businesses or any, wherever you're listening to this. If you're not in Kansas City, I know I got a lot of listeners elsewhere. Um, support your small local businesses right now if you can. If you're not afraid to get out there and, and, and tip well. You know, these, these service industry people are really struggling. Uh, that's it. But let's keep it positive. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know what more to say. I love you guys all. Thank you for listening, watching, however you take in this media. Uh, let me know how you guys like these little episodes. If I, I can do maybe more of these mix-up smorgasbord episodes, if you will. Primordial soups. Primordial brews, we'll call them. Uh... NeanderTalkPod on Instagram or uh, feel free to email me too, NeanderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Enjoy this episode, guys. Crossroads Edition. Welcome to the InnerTalk Podcast. Well, no topic is off. Now, here's your host, my daddy, and Roy the Soul. Thank you for coming to the InnerTalk Podcast. Poured you a little bit of this Jay Rieger whiskey, and you're like, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah, so Ryan, maybe, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him, uh, I'd say, 10, 11 years ago um, mm-hmm. when I was working at the Rieger. He owns Manifesto, and Manifesto is one of the first speakeasies in Kansas City. He was one of the first people to actually be doing, like, legit uh, speakeasy-style craft cocktails. And when I'd finish my shift up upstairs at the Rieger, I'd, I'd always go down there and, and help those guys out and talk to them and pick their brain and learned about the whole craft cocktail scene and stuff like that. And uh, what is this? <clears throat> like, how would you define a speakeasy? Like, I don't know exactly. So, like, I, every, I know it, what it is, but I don't know what it is. Have you ever been to Swordfish Tom's? I don't even know what that is. Oh, see, that's a speakeasy. You don't <laughs> see, know what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cool. I'm not yeah, hip. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not plugged in so, like that. I wish I knew these little spots. The only place so, I knew was like the Tiki Hop, the Tiki so, Cat or whatever. And see, I haven't been there yet either, but I've heard great things about it. Uh, my buddy Jonathan Bush, I believe, was involved with that as well. Uh, I, I, went, I went to middle school with that guy. Damn. Um, but uh, a speakeasy is a, a perfect example of a good speakeasy in kansas city uh besides manifesto another one would be swordfish toms swordfish toms is in the middle of nowhere downtown in the crossroads uh i took my uh mother and father-in-law there when they're in town and they're like hey, hey is something shady going on or what what's about to happen because they're, it's in an alley 
And if you're going there, you know, uh, like 11 midnight, it's it's a little sketch. Sure. The 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 sign on the wall is like the size <clears throat> of your pointer finger. So you, you you walk right by it basically, and it's in an old boiler room office building down there. Uh, the guy lets you we in. We probably shouldn't say too much about it, should we? Well, I won't go past a certain part. <laughs> so once once you go down there, you go down these steps, and when you get in there, uh, there's a room like this uh, with, I think there's like 12 chairs, and then there's an old lantern uh, lamp on the wall, and when the light turns green, that's when they let people out, and they let people in. When it's red, you got to sit out there and wait your turn. Then when you get in there, Whoa. it's cash only. Uh, and they have a seasonal menu. It's probably like five or six drinks and they do it really, really well. And then you guys, you can tell the guy like, or, or gal, like, uh, I like lemon. I like bitters. I like whiskey. And they'll just do Come something on something. the fly. And it's, it's always, it's always good. And then, uh, you're the, blowing my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, it's a sick spot. Uh, I always take, you know, business, business meeting people down there and uh, people I'm trying to, to reel in or impress. I always take them down there. It's a good time. And before that, we'll usually start out at uh, the Green Lady Lounge. I love that place. Uh, it's probably, God, uh, please be open back up. <laughs> please open back please. up. That oh, is, my uh, gosh. I mean, that's that's like that's my spot. And oh. if somebody's like from out of town and they're like, hey, like, I want you to show me Kansas City. Uh, that's one of my favorite spots. Yeah, to take mine them. too. Because the the live jazz music, the dim lights, mm -hmm. the swankiness, like that's Kansas City. That's mm -hmm. like a perfect rendition mm -hmm. of Kansas City down there. Yep. The drinks are good there. The drinks are phenomenal. Everybody in there knows what they're doing too. It's it's great. So, uh, well, I, uh, oh. I have Damn you, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so Nashville hot chicken, uh, I fell in love with it. Um when I was in uh, I've been going to Nashville since I was a little guy uh, with family and friends. I've always wanted to go. Like, I really want to go to Nashville. Oh, uh, it's I really want to go. They call it Nash Vegas now. I don't know about now, but it's, right. But that that place is is popping. It's like, I mean, uh, just like you go to Green Lady Lounge, and there's two levels of jazz music going mm -hmm. on. There's like 20 levels in a building of you know crazy country music going on in each of the buildings it's not all country though right there. no they got like blues and stuff like okay. that too i'm not a country guy yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big country guy i can tell but uh <laughs> but nashville hot chicken is amazing because uh it, it starts out with good fried chicken so you have a good fried chicken recipe but there's an extra step which is uh, you take the oil that you fried it in and you add a bunch of cayenne and brown sugar and ghost pepper and stuff to the oil and you kind of create like a a, a, th a paste a little bit thinner than a paste like maybe a little thinner than pancake batter then you dip the chicken in there and you got all the spices and and, and the oil uh, dri dripping and soaking onto the the chicken and then on top of that you take whatever heat level you want and then you season it on top of the chicken so you're getting not only fried chicken but in a love bath and then that extra fairy dust on top Dang. that just takes it to the next level that's what that is yeah, that's what that is whoa <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> who came up with that so nashville uh, so so Nashville did, and long story short, I guess uh, the the original lady that started Nashville Hot Chicken, uh, 
the uh, the Prince's Hot Chicken, which is in Nashville, which is one of the m- more original spots. Um, the the mom of the lady that owns it now, I guess, caught like her husband cheating on her or something like that, and uh, wanted to get back at him. So when she made him fried chicken, she made like the spiciest, <laughs> like blow your ass out fried yeah. chicken ever and he loved it oh jeez! and they started the concept so she was like oh my god you love my chicken it's all right that you banged my friend over here let's go into business and start natural hot chicken <laughs> but that's something's left out there but i like it yeah something's left out but uh but she was trying to get back at her husband, and it turned out that he ended up liking the chicken, and they just started the Nashville hot chicken business. So it's got a cool little history to Did it. Did he keep banging the broad on the side? You or? Know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, if you go out there, you can't go to the original Prince's because the original one burned down recently, uh, but they have another location, and that was the first place I ever tried hot chicken, and it was just... It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so good. I fell in love with it right there. And I, uh, being from Kansas City and going to go chicken go a lot, and then also taking a lot of trips to Memphis and uh, Arkansas, I'm very familiar with fried chicken, and I love Southern cooking. Uh, I I lived in Arkansas for part of my life, and uh, my children, <clears throat> uh, the, the the mom that took care of us, she she made a really good Southern fried chicken and biscuits and gravy and like the whole the whole thing and the best oh uh, uh, yeah and the i best. and I, ever since then it's just been a flavor in the back of my mind and uh i mean i went to uh, a prestigious culinary school and all that and i worked in michelin restaurants and, and everything and did you know the whole flowers and purees and all the artsy looking plates and stuff but at the end of the day uh you want something homey and you want something delicious um so nashville hot chicken is wow is, is the next best thing in my opinion what's your what would be or what's your favorite fast food chicken fast other than yours chicken. i know that's yours fast food but you know what i mean I like mean, uh, fried chicken joints yeah like, so i i go to around you know that people well, can get. I, I go i get gizzards and livers from go chicken go go chicken go okay, i was gonna ask you what you I, get from go chicken go I, okay that's the right answer uh, that's the right answer <laughs> every, i when i go there i order the same thing every time it's a uh, either a depending on how hungry i am a full order a half order of gizzards <laughs> with no roll and extra sauce hell yeah because the, cause the sauce they give you is not enough. So if, yep. you, if you take out the roll, which uh, I'm not knocking the roll, but I don't need to fill up on I don't bread. want the roll. That's, that's a rookie the move. That's the rookie move. So you got to go there and get the extra sauce with the gizzards. Yep. And it's the best way to go. And uh, that's what I get here. And then uh, other other fried chicken. Uh, Guts's is good. Uh, they're, they're, they're a franchise as well, but they're they're really good. Um, rye has really good fried chicken. Um, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> like you don't have to say anything that's going to make you uncomfortable if it does, but like, what do you think of Strouds? Uh, I grew up on Strouds. So, yeah, you like it, but I'm not a fan of Strouds. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Strouds and people can say what they want, but I mean, their 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 fried chicken is not that good. It's not. But, Thank you. But, Nobody wants to admit that. And, Nobody will admit that and, to me. And when I was younger, uh, I don't even think I liked their fried chicken. 
and they serve canned green beans when it's green beans are really simple and easy to make so i don't know why you're doing that and if you really want to be a southern spot and be a true rendition i'd rather go to cracker barrel than eat strouds <laughs> to tell you the truth sure so if you want to be like a real like strouds could be good but they need to be more southern and they need to really take it home and not try like uh i'm a i'm a fast food spot but it's my recipe and it, we do stuff from scratch that and that's why our menu's very limited and there's not a lot on there because we're doing everything from scratch and we want to be able to serve people fast um Strouds, I feel like, could be good if they stepped up their game and they actually got non-canned products in and stuff like that. They don't need to step up their game. <laughs> they've been on the Food Network. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, Ooh. you know, enamored by them. Like, yeah. they're opening restaurants all over here. Like, yeah, but I don't even see them that busy anymore. And when I was younger, the only thing I looked forward to when I go there was their cinnamon rolls. Okay. The cinnamon rolls aren't aren't that bad when they're fresh. I, I like their uh, cottage fries and gravy. Yeah. That's what I get. But uh, last time I went there, I didn't even get the fried chicken. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> straight up, I got the, I got like uh, I got something. I got like either uh, country fried. I think I got country fried steak. Yeah, I love country fried mm-hmm. steak. Country fried steak's my jam. I was just um, as disappointed in that as I am as a chicken. To everyone that's listening, so like he said, I'm I'm the owner of uh, Mother Clucker Kansas City, which is the first Nashville hot chicken restaurant in kansas city that my wife and i opened follow uh duffel bag duffel bag chef duffel bag chef is his instagram and uh of course me neander talk pod so you work at mean mule Mm -hmm. mean mule distillery is that what the guys call it officially yeah what's the distilling co distilling co it's in the crossroads (laughs) (laughs) which is one of my favorite areas of kansas city and it's right in between parlor and grinders which most people know Mm mm-hmm um you guys have been open well i guess it's not how, what is your affiliation with them other than bartender or is that that just you're just a bartender for them or is there um uh, well i actually helped open the place up last year so it's been open a little bit over a year now officially but um i was only there like one day a week before get right up COVID. on the like st- try to stay into the mic it'll sound oh, okay you, and you can move the mic like do this I get okay. however i'm gonna put it closer to me there you there go, we go. okay um so i mean i was there you know like one day a week because i was a tiki cat full-time and then covid hit and then tiki cat closed so then i started working full-time and now i manage the bar so i guess bartender manager whatever there you, you want to call it lead <laughs> I think rum just has a really <coughs> bad rap from this you know because people are really um have been taught about rum yeah for sure that's and i think tiki helps that mm-hmm. build that bridge and there's a rum for everybody out there <laughs> yeah there's all types of rums and that's the cool thing about rum in my opinion um but people just classify it as a sweet spirit or something it's like no there's so many types of rums out there and there's a rum for you. <laughs> yeah. You just got to keep going. Yeah. If you drink alcohol, <laughs> you'll find one. Yeah. You'll find exactly. one that you like. And also, like I said, like the book Smuggler's Cove, it's a really great book to have if you're trying to get into rum because it really does break down the types of rums, like where they come from, how they taste, um, how they were distilled. And so if you know, if you want to learn about rum and try to find your, you know, your rum, definitely grab that book. It's a, 
It's a good book. <laughs> yeah, you always have. Is that the book you have? Yeah, I always, there? I always have that book on Tiki Tuesdays out on display. And it's got a yeah. ton of. And then on on your Tiki Tuesdays, you always pick what one drink out of that book to yeah. make, uh-huh. along with with the rest of your drinks. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's funny because people are like, "Okay, what's the special this Tuesday?" Yeah, you know, I'll be like, "Oh, we'll do a Barbados Punch or a Don's Own Grog." <laughs> so it's it's fun, and they're letting me. Um, the owners at Mimi are letting me, you know, order this rum. So thank you <laughs> because it's obviously not related to our agave spirit. So mm-hmm. that's really nice of them to let me kind of explore and do my own thing besides working there. <laughs> yeah. And you're still selling the other stuff. I mean, yeah, the, I'm still the, selling. Them. <laughs> I love the Mimi drinks. Yes. Um, the summer menu was was amazing what was that one uh the mojito the the yeah the spicy it's it's i love mojitos but this is a different mojito this isn't your average mojito and it's spicy and then there was a cucumber one we infuse it with jalapenos and cucumbers yeah and meme meal and then you put didn't didn't you drop like Mm -hmm. and then drop like spicy it was a habanero tincture yes oh yeah (laughs) to make it more spicy yes it was already spicy it's so good (laughs) i never knew i liked spicy drinks Mm mm-hmm and now the fall menu is phenomenal. I had the hot cider, whatever. The, hot, the country roads. Country roads. <laughs> and it's got like this thick crust of it's a, cinnamon and nutmeg or something yeah, it's on the a, rim. It's sugar and cinnamon. Oh, and it's mm-hmm. and when you take a sip, the crust of that stuff hits your lips. And at the same time as the liquid hits... It's like you're eating and drinking uh, uh, apple pie. <laughs> that's awesome. It's so I'm glad good. you like it. That's the best. <laughs> and that's your creation, right? Yeah. I love apple cider. There's a, so. yeah, there's a few, there's a few uh, menus on the fall item that were all created by all the different bartenders, correct? Mm-hmm. And then that one was yours. Yeah. Oh, so good. What are the other ones on there for uh, we, you'll So you have the Sleepy Hollow by Chrissy. She, um, it's really good. It's like, like a coconut spice forward cocktail um so it has orange curacao coconut cream a pumpkin spice syrup um and the gold uh, mean meal it's so so good and has a nutmeg on top so you get that little like christmas vibes in a sense and then el bandito if you're like chill if you like uh, sweet and spicy definitely that drink is your go-to so we uh, infuse ancho chili peppers and Mm. We use a little bit of chinar, and it's delicious. Now we also have a ace in a hole, which is ginger syrup, um, aperol, and silver. Very refreshing, simple, kind of like a daiquiri in a sense, where it's just served up, simple, delicious. And then we also have our classics, obviously. Um, and then the Night Whisper is the one that's really popular right now, too. It's really pretty too. It's it's a purple little drink. It comes with an edible flower from missing ingredients that, that we get from. Um, it has lavender, um, and uh, violet liqueur, so it's very ar- aromatic. And our silver agave, delicious if you're looking for something really cute and fancy mm-hmm. <laughs> and delicious too. But yeah, so those are that's basically all of our cocktails that we created, and then we also have our classics. Like the margarita, paloma, mean meal, yeah, and then sangria <laughs> for <Ooh>. this fall. <laughs> you haven't had the sangria. Definitely try it. It's really boozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me some booze. <laughs>
Give me some boots. It's really sad to see the service industry struggle. So I wanted to come to yeah, an end. Yeah, I, I hate that. I That was, yeah, one of the biggest things that that I was really concerned with because I spent many years bartending, mm-hmm. serving. Like I was in that industry for a long time. Like that was my main source of income in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I, you know, I think now like what would I, what would have happened to me well, if I was doing that while this happened, like I would have been, I don't know, I've been freaking out. Like, I did freak out for just freaking out. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I don't know. And then, yeah, it's fine. I, I would have been cool with it. For, I shut us down for a couple of weeks. Right. But now like some places still aren't, I think most places are doing some kind of soft open or, you know, <clears throat> light open type stuff, but for sure. Um, like Kansas sadly, City's lucky. We've been. We've been super lucky lately. I just feel like the most recent one that really hits, I think, Kansas City is the Rieger. Mm-hmm. The Rieger is closing its doors on the 31st of this month. And that. Oh, wow. I the Rieger KC. No, I know. I know. Yeah. That, yeah, no, I know right where it's at. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Don't they have another one, too? No. Yeah, they do, but it's a little bit separate ownership, I believe. Okay. I don't really know. I haven't been the one in the crossroads. I've been to the other one. Yeah. With the slide. But it's really sad to me because they've done so much for the community in Kansas City mm. while the pandemic was happening and That's everybody right. got laid off. I got laid off. They did stuff. You know, they they were given free meals. Yes, Every that's single right. day from 4 o'clock, I believe, to it, 8. If you're in the service And industry. I actually went a few times because I was like, I, I personally felt like I need to save every single cent I'm getting right. from unemployment because I don't know what's going to happen. And so, and I lived right down the street, so I would walk there with my friend from the industry too, and we would get our free meal. They did so much for Kansas City, for the mm-hmm. service industry. Yep. They fed the homeless while the pandemic was happening. So, I when there was a big when there was a big shortage of hand sanitizer, they, they were them. one of the first ones that made a whole bunch mm-hmm. of just we're gonna make a whole bunch of hand sanitizer yeah. and give it out to you guys. They were amazing. Um, Damn. And it's just sad to see that. Oh, happen. come on, Karma, where are you at? <sighs> Yeah. Where are you at, Karma? That's why I don't I believe know. in that shit. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's really sad. So you have a few, you know, weeks to go support them until, the, you know, the lights get turned off. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm well, hoping that. We lost that, Nara, too. Huh? We lost Nara, too. Nara, yeah. I love that place, too. Mm, I'm, so, I'm so surprised about that, too. Uh, yeah, that was like the spot. Like mm-hmm. That was the hip spot for sushi. Everybody wanted to go there. Yeah, there's been a few spots, and it's just, like, really sad. I think this winter is going to be really, really dark because the patios are really what are keeping a lot of restaurants afloat, too. Mm. Um, having that extra seating helps a People lot. People feel safer out exactly, there. Exactly, and I think it's going to get a little bit worse in a sense but hopefully not hopefully people still support you know each establishment by either getting carry out or getting the cocktail kits to go um you know and if you're comfortable going out definitely go support local 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 (laughs) like you make your own you make your own drinks like just i'm gonna create your create yourself like well, I think that's what comes with. That's the fun of being a bartender. You're kind of like a chef in a way. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, you're coming you're up with your able, own ingredients, your exactly. own drinks. You can infuse things that would change the the spirit, how it tastes completely. You can use certain liqueurs that would change um, the texture, even of the cocktail, completely. Mm. And um, 
you know and then the garnish is like the 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 little touch at the end that makes that drink um badass or whatever you want to call it but um I started experimenting more at Tiki Cat that's where I was more creative in a sense um and I have a cocktail right now called the retro cocktail hour um and that was like my first like really proud (laughs) cocktail I would say and that actually is a GNR um it's a new bar that it's opening in West Plaza on the 39th 39th street yeah no West Plaza is not on 39th 39th Street by the Drunken Warm and all of that. <laughs> and West, uh, like 39th Street by KU Med Center? Yeah. Okay. There's a new bar called GNR. So that was one of my uh, creations that, that I did at Tiki Cat, and they're actually going to feature it there. Okay. So if you want a Tiki D cocktail, you can go there and get it. It's called the Retro Cocktail Hour. It's a rum-based cocktail. But besides like creating cocktails for a mean meal, like that's basically what any bartender really does um you know you just create you see what works what doesn't you make good balance i didn't realize that i just and thought there was a lot of trial and error yeah, <laughs> for wow. sure and a lot of people and a lot of you know asking people do you like this or not um uh, we've had meetings obviously like um staff meetings where we all like create cocktails too and we judge each other's cocktails like oh, i think this needs a little bit more of this or you know maybe take that out use a different liqueur or something and it's it's pretty cool to be able to do that and we do that for the menu for the fall menu as well it's a little it's like one time a year we just get together mm-hmm. and you just hang out and create cocktails until you know you, you find that <laughs> like okay this is right this is a good menu. The artistry of drink making <laughs> is so much deeper than I thought. Like I thought bartenders for the most, I thought what made a good bartender was if I could name the drink, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's what this is. I know what, I know how to make an old fashioned. I know how to make a Kansas city old fashioned mm-hmm. or a scissor rack or like mm-hmm. you just know how to make these drinks. I didn't realize it was like, oh yeah, I'm going to just create my own thing. Yeah. Like, and you can take inspiration obviously from right. those drinks, like a riff you know and um that's fine too it's just your own twist on an inspiration from a classic cocktail um and i think that's the fun part of being a bartender being able to create and you know at the end of the day if it tastes good and you like it that's what matters though at the end honestly that's what i've been told at the same time that's all that matters Mm -hmm. what's the retro cocktail hour what is in that one so actually that one was inspired by uh, the DJ called Daryl uh, Brockton, Daryl Brockton from the Retro Cocktail Hour. I don't know if you heard of him. He, I don't know. He's been doing his shows in nineteen. Um, what is it? Nineteen ninety-five, and it's on Kansas City Public Station. Oh, cool! And he's been doing that exotica sounds, strange music, space music. So he was one of the DJs that would come to Tiki Cat every first Wednesday of the month. And he would DJ and um, record his show there and then, you know, publish it that weekend. So he was one of the first people that I met that was like a a tiki enthusiast that just like was so welcoming and so nice to me. And, you know, welcomed me to the tiki family, tiki cat. And I just felt like he needed a cocktail that was for him, you know, some inspiration that was inspired by him because he would come to Tiki Cat and just 
do it for free and i was like you're so nice like you need some recognition so i uh i put some stuff together i put blackberry liqueur together orange um juice some more ja um some jamaican rum and some lime juice together and i made the retro cocktail hour and it's delicious and <laughs> it's so good and it's literally what the name would look like you know just a purple tef- how is typhoon is that the word yeah typhoon in the glass oh beautiful <laughs> and that's how he describes it too and so it was a collaboration between me and him and i really wanted to make this cocktail special because he deserves it all right tiki where can people uh where can people find you um you can find usually me. typically <laughs> Typically, like working. Yeah, people want to come yeah. see you after they hear this. Uh, they want a Tiki D drink. So Tuesdays is Tiki Tuesdays at Mean Meal. You can find me there for sure. Um, and I'm also at Mean Meal five days a week. And um, at Tiki Huna every once in a while. You can honestly follow me on social. You'll see where I'm at. <laughs> I'm at random places at all times. Um, it's Tiki D underscore uh, Diana Condori. Super easy to remember. Yeah, Tiki D. And I literally post about where I'm going to be that week, that month, or what, wherever I'm at. But you can usually find me at Mimeo all the time. Making mean drinks. Yeah. She is the best bartender in Kansas City. I <laughs> no. love her drinks. No, no, no. I I'm think so. Thank you, but I haven't experienced them all, but you're my favorite. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. All right, how that. about that? You might not be the best, but you're my favorite. It was a toys con- uh, toss, a coin toss for me. Um, I wasn't sure if Kansas City was ready for it. Right? You know, I wasn't I wasn't sure. But you're we've lucky we're good. a hip town. We're we've becoming been hip. Good. Yeah. Um and I wouldn't even put it too much on like hip. But I think we're interested. At least we wanna like I think we're kinda just like scratching our heads and being like, Really though? And at least giving it a chance. Even if you come one like one time, mm-hmm. that's one time that you didn't have to like eat an animal. Right. And it gets good. You're not going to miss it. Like, you're really not going to miss it. I thought it was going to be, like, the most horrible thing. Are you in the restaurant every day working? Yeah, like that's much. Six what days you, a week. You cook, you cook? Not anymore. Okay. Um, I do cook every now and then, but I have my staff fully, you know, trained, and I just kind of overwatch. And So people go up there, they're going to see you? Most of the time. Yeah? Yeah, unfortunately. I can't unfortunately? say. Yeah, like... Well, it's like I don't want to fucking work six days a week. That's not my job. Oh, That's not my yeah, plan. yeah. No okay. No one does. No one really wants to work six days a week. Yeah, you're right. Um, there is a good quote by, uh, uh, like a s- poet, or, uh, and he said something about like I know you deserve a six month vacation, two times a year. And I'm like, yeah, I do actually. Yeah. We all do. Uh, that would be the, that would be it. That's the, uh, do what you do. You know, do what you do for a passion. Or but we do need uh, we do need breaks. So like my dream goal would be to work three days a week, and that's it. Like I, I already worked my ass off to build this restaurant. <laughs> I don't need to like you, work there every that's day. That's like one of the hardest businesses it. to do. Yeah, is doing a restaurant. Ninety percent of us close uh, on the first on the year, first year right? and then eighty percent of whatever was left close on the second year. Oh my, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still pretty high. Like that's super just high. Because, yeah, just because you get <laughs> off the first year doesn't mean <laughs> it doesn't you're mean, all right. We're around. there. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's still oh, super shit. high. So, um, so yeah, so like eighty percent of like ten percent 
makes it through the second year and oh then my. it goes down like if you make it through the third year it goes down dramatically i think it's like 30 percent or something like that oh, that's um which is good but at that point you're like 30 percent of like the original you know seven percent yeah whatever. so how long is this do you call how because you used to have a, a one in brookside i used to have a little coffee really shop test kitchen in brookside okay and so now you're in the crossroads how long has that been there officially officially we've been open for four months okay yeah you got six more months to go to get over that 90 percent. and i'm f- fully aware of that so um we are threading carefully and making sure that we keep quality i mean quality is a, the best thing you can work on uh, i'm a perfectionist so and my employees will know this i mean I, every little thing every little thing i get after yeah um just because it has to be and we're trying to convince meat town you know barbecue right town. Yeah, yeah this is kansas so city this is like, barbecue yeah. yeah we need to convince people that this is a viable option that you you know that it's worth your money in yeah and you're in the right spot for it i mean the crossroads is like you're gonna find more of those people that are willing to go that route I mean, yes, you could say that, and then you could also not say that because we're the. I mean, there's only two vegetarian or vegan restaurants in the crossroads. So in statistics, yes and no. Okay. Because there's like, uh, we did a little research project before we opened. There was about seventy-five restaurants serving burgers within the crossroads. Seventy-five. Yeah, serving burgers. Right. There was only about four restaurants out of those serving a vegetarian burger. And there was only two restaurants out of those serving a vegan burger. So statistically, you would say, oh, yeah, there's a lot more people there. But no, there's a lot more restaurants feeding meat on the crossroads than not. I just meant the type of person that goes down there. But that's what I mean. You would think so. Yeah, but but they're not. But we're actually catering. We're catering to a whole different crowd. Yeah. Um, but hopefully people are opening themselves to it. That's my biggest thing. Opening yourself to it. If we get you to skip a meat, a, a meal with meat on the plate one day a week. Is that like a great, is that something you would like? Do you want listeners to commit to one week, one meatless, you know, meatless Monday or something like that? No, that's too little, man. Commit to like more. You got to start somewhere, man. Start somewhere. You no, got to no, no, start no. somewhere. But like, you're asking me my personal opinion. Right. No. Start with more. what? Start with what? You, you got to start with somewhere. If you're at, I don't know. I think, I think that's hard to do for some people would be once a week. I think the mental, um, the mental part is the hardest thing. Cause when I did it, I just switched overnight pretty much. And I didn't have like this breakdown. Now I'm not like everybody and not everyone's like me. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a very, unique weird person in my own ways um so i wouldn't say like yeah everyone can do it but everyone can do it it's definitely yeah, not impossible if I did it, you can do it type it's thing. definitely sure. not impossible right um i went again i have to go back i went from doing everything in the kitchen to being a butcher so yeah i if, if i can do it anyone can do it i used to love meat i used to cut meat i used to cut pork uh, okay the, i i understand that aspect but yeah, I mean, you do have to get the education out there because, I mean, 
how much more do you spend on groceries than you used to when you spent it on meat? Oh, not at all. You know, the first time. Is um, it cheaper? Because I so much cheaper. Really? So much cheaper. Like hands down so much. Cheaper. I'm not even trying to be like drastic or silly on the idea just because of it. But it's so much cheaper. I went out that first like week. I was like, fuck it. I'm not eating all of this. And I like gave all my food out to everybody. And uh, I went out to buy groceries that first time. I filled up like I I brought so many vegetables because I was like I want to play around with all this shit because yeah. I've never really thought about playing around with vegetables and I was like now I'm gonna have to right so I better get good at it. You were already a cook, like you were you already a cook or no? I've always been kind of like into cooking, right? But like not trained just, or anything. Just house cooking, yeah. Okay, not trained. I've never been trained. Okay. Um, and at that point, um, I was not a chef for sure. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least a professional chef. Mm-hmm. So I filled up my whole fridge, like every little crack in <laughs> it. And I was surprised because I spent like $68, maybe $70. And I filled up a whole fridge, like full, full of things. that I was like, damn, where am I going to put this now? Um, so it was just like an eye opener of like, fuck, you can definitely do this in a lot cheaper way. But when we see like a burger for a dollar, Right. Then we're like, well, fucking no, that makes more more sense because I don't have to cook it. I don't have to. But if you think about it, you can get a lot more for your money, like bang for your buck if you buy vegetables and then cook them at home. Now, for a lot of people, it's not an opportunity or like accessible to do that because a lot of people work a lot. And I get it. Right. Like I've done it. Long day, um, kids, whatever. But if we want to think about like being healthier, Again, I haven't been sick, really, really sick in a minute, and I haven't gone to the doctor. So if you start to put all these little things into the equation, you're like, well, it kind of fucking makes sense. Yeah. Like, I could do this, and it could be better for us. Yeah. And it's know, a lifestyle change, though. It's a lot. It it's is. hard to make people change a complete 180 and do an actual lifestyle change. You want something more to drink? You good? No, I'm good. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, no, I totally get it, especially without the information, with the right information right. And, and the right way to like push that information to them, to give that information to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because it's so drastic, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute to people like to get a little soft and feel that change is possible. But I hope I hope that we're doing that. Uh, we have a lot of faux meats now. So if people really don't want to lose that. You guys got that? Yeah. Um, I kid you not, the Impossible Burger, like I made it and chip on my shoulder, but not really. Um, humbly, it was the best. I, I've made some of the best burgers that I ever had, period, like in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, the Impossible Burger was delicious. Now, we don't serve the Impossible at the shop because it does have some ingredients that we're like, eh, maybe not, maybe not here. It's not for us. It's a lot of oil, isn't it? Um, it does have a lot of oil, but, you know, so this animal animal has fat, fat soil. So it's it's not like, you know. <laughs> Don't qualify. It's got a lot of oil. It's not great for you. Well, it's got, so right? does meat. So, right. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying it's, it's, um, it's not a healthy option. And it's meant to be faux meat. It's mm-hmm. not meant to be faux vegetable. Do you eat and like faux meat? 
Um, some of it, yeah, 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 for really? sure. Okay. Um, I don't like uh consume it on a daily basis, but I'm okay with it. Like, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm yeah. still not eating an animal, which I'm like high five for me. Sure. Um, and I think it's a great start for people. Okay. Like I already went through that part of step. that baby step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already went through that step, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with eating vegetables. So I'm like, oh, if you need this, like, we got it for you. Like, we can make it happen. There's enough, uh technology at this point that we can do it um and now we've been playing with a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet for so many years now that we're getting super creative about um inventing new items you know new styles of things Mm -hmm. so we're in a good place to like actually choose a vegan diet or a vegan lifestyle we can live with it just totally fine well what we need is pirate bone burgers drive-thrus on every few corners um so the main idea would be to get to that point i mean um, wouldn't that be a huge way to make the change that oh you no want? no no yeah we want to i just couldn't find a place that oh. would do it oh i'm not and saying now that would definitely be something down the road but oh like, no 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 yeah everywhere. but that was my idea oh yeah i just didn't have the money for it yeah um because accessibility is the main thing that mm-hmm. we need to focus on accessibility for information accessibility for food and just make it easier for people because it's not easy at this point so if we made it easy, we made it affordable, um, it can happen. And it, I'm willing to bet $100 that it will happen. It will happen no matter what. People are going to start switching slowly, but it's already happening. There's billions of dollars. Your richest people in the world are investing into these you know, full meat companies yeah. because that's where the money is going. I mean, if we're really trying to change the environment and everything, because if we don't change it, everyone will suffer through it, even the rich. It doesn't matter. Yeah, without the poor, through it comfortably. Without <laughs> the poor, there's no rich. That's the right. only thing. You can't be rich without poor people. So if we all right. start to die <laughs> off, there's not going to be a lot of like reason to be rich. There's not going to be a lot of ways to be rich. So we still need rich people still need poor people to be rich so we need to keep this world and i'm not saying that's like the main thing let's not keep the world for rich people i'm just saying let's make changes let's keep people poor let's make changes <laughs> and let's not keep people poor let's no, raise kidding. people up um let's educate people that's the biggest thing and that's why we're poor because we don't educate people um so let's educate people i love uh, one of the things that i love about the the restaurant industry especially this one that i'm in now mm-hmm. is the amount of diversity that we have in the shop, it's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen. And we get so much diversity on any given day. Now, our main clientele are Caucasian folks. But uh, for the most part, it's super diverse from different types of the world, like from different corners of the world, mm-hmm. which is truly amazing. I'm, I'm very happy for Kansas it. Kansas City's great like that, um, right? We got a nice little melting pot here. We have a nice little melting pot, but you don't see that much in restaurants. You see a lot of like pockets. Right. You see groups of people. Yeah. And we're getting like a little small circle where people can just be whoever they want and whatever they want. That's our main thing to be like super open minded to everybody and anybody because everyone's money is green and we should respect everyone as a whole people people are people humans are humans no matter like where you come from your religion your gender 
or your preference like that's whatever it is um you gotta eat you gotta eat and you're more than welcome and respected as an actual human being at the shop and than anywhere else or at least and that's where i want to keep it and i hope that people follow through it and start to be more open to um minorities because that's pretty much who's you know getting the short stick every turn oh yeah our minority so if we can just like open doors to minorities amazing heck yeah how much is a meal uh so it's everything is a la carte okay so we did it because and everything's under five dollars that's the biggest like punch right um i wasn't sure as i was going to be able to pull it off that's why it was a twin cost first it's vegan two everything's under five bucks Search for us. We're on 20th and Main in the Crossroads. Pirates Bone Burgers. Uh, com or Pirates Bone. We also have that. On, nice. By PBB.com um, as well. And then uh, find us on Instagram. All the social media is about Pirates Bone Burgers. And as well, I'm on social media. Uh, on Instagram, follow me as Plant Based Pirate. I think a lot of people could easily visualize your art in three dimension as right. as a universe. Right. It's just the doodleverse. You know what? You know what <laughs> does help with that too is parlor. Yeah, because that is so big. It's right. that entire wall. Yeah, and it's so bright in there and mm-hmm. wide open. You can kind of feel you almost like, step into yeah. it. Yeah, and that was actually the point. How of cool the is that for one. you to do? Yeah, it was cool. The parlor one was interesting because they <clears> wanted <throat> when I came in, they were like, "Oh, well, we want like." Uh, the whole wall, like all the other walls are going to be cut out. There's going to be window, like giant windows in each wall. But this one for support reasons had to be, uh, like maintain like, uh, solid brick, Mm -hmm. um, with just that little window. And they were like, well, we'd really like to be for people to be able to see the skyline because that's the one thing you don't get to see because of that wall. Um, and they're like, but we really don't want it to be like that generic thing you see like all over Kansas city, like just the skyline. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, what if I just like literally continued, I used the window in the center as like a base point, And then I continued what you see out the window, um, specific, like directly onto that wall. So like when I was sketching it out, I literally just looked at the, took some pictures out the window and then I, um, you know, just basically continued what I saw through the window standing in the middle of the room mm-hmm. onto the wall. So really you are stepping into out of this world and into mine um, just through that image. And then I just added, like I said, my design elements, Dude, um, so which cool. bring it into like, I, so I save every photo um, that or I screenshot every photo that I see uh, people have tagged that wall in. Oh yeah. Um, I think I'm at 400 so far. Um, and so it's nuts. Uh, got me on there. Davis told me, uh, they got the, 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 uh, I, I guess the owner, like partial owner of parlor. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh, this is going to be one of the most Instagram photo, like, <laughs> you know, one of those walls that Gram has like, the worthy. most Instagram worthy. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, Oh, well I'm going to like It'll work be, my it, butt off yeah. to get to that point. But it, it did, it does have a decent amount of photos. It's so bright and happy. Yeah. It changes the environment of a space. Um, uh, but what brings me how do you get that bright is that just paint is that I, like it's so bright like I'll it doesn't you, like it looks like computer graphics this is another secret weapon of mine Ooh. um i only mix my colors out of the primary colors and i have a theory behind why um so i would i used to do my old work 
using pre-mixed tube paints and they always had like this what do you mean by that like um forest green instead of like taking yellow and blue and combining them in my own way okay and so like the so my theory is you know the whole world is mixed out of red the primary colors that's why we call them primary colors and then they're secondary so secondary and then anything beyond that is pre-mixed tube colors that somebody in the factory is designing so that you can just squeeze it onto the palette literally just add some white and sure use it um but i was like well the world isn't made up like that and why do you think that flowers are so bright like why do you think that that certain animals have like this um like uh like depth to like there's such a depth in the color to them mm-hmm. that you don't get out of those premixed tube paints and i was like oh well if the world's made out of primary colors my doodle verse has to be made out of primary wow. colors and so i'm really trying to like take elements of this world re basically like if you toss them all into a blender and then um re-spat them out into the world again um, and that's really what my doodle verse is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, what I do is I literally take, I it's cheap because I only have to buy blue, yellow, and red paint and then white to add in the color, or to, you know, soften the color. Um, you make your own? Mm-hmm. Well, every, that's an every art single in color. itself. There. Yeah, it's it's very rare. You're sa- I was going to yeah. say, I can't imagine anybody. I, I've colors. never heard of such a thing. I mean, I'm not in this world yeah. i mean the old school guys or girls mm-hmm. um the like the like the renaissance artists mm-hmm. and people like that they would have had to have been technically trained to do that before they could move on to you know using tube colors but now people just half-ass the technical training part and then everybody wants yeah. a shortcut <laughs> so they're right. just like all right well we get it we get it and then they just move on to pre-mixing the tubes and then you wonder why like art looks so dark <laughs> You know, that's really amazing. Yeah. And that that's not to like, there's other, I mean, that's that basic. That. I mean, that's basic art, right? right? I mean, that's just basic art 101. Right. But I mean, everybody skips it to make it, they, they're pretending to be art 301 right. and they just need to stick with yeah. the 101 in this instance. Yeah. People love the shortcut. The shortcut is the, uh, but that does seem like one hell of an art to make your own colors. It is. Uh, you wow. know, it's like, uh, it's kind of like. Um, by eye you just judge it by eye Mm -hmm. like this is what i want and yeah and oh and another thing is i never plan a drawing or painting um you know i'll maybe have a theme in mind uh Uh, most of the time i'll just start with a line and then i'll just be like oh well it's gonna look like this and then i'll eventually something will come together um but if i do like draw a room i'll literally just draw the room and then i'll just fill it or if i'm gonna draw like you know, I don't plan anything going into it. I don't sketch anything out. I don't sketch the murals out. I just draw it on the wall. Most people use like a projector. I think that that takes away from like the organic. They use a projector for doing a mural or something. Yeah, like uh, if you if you go in there like at night, uh, you can uh, use like one of those grade school projectors, and you can project the the sketch onto the wall, and then you can trace it. So they're tracing their own work, in a way. and that's not a bad thing. I mean, a lot of people do it, but is that frowned that, like, upon? Uh, no, I, for for me, I just think it adds like way like you get the same feeling of the the original drawing when you just like do another original drawing on the wall. I kind of frown on it. I, I, well, hear, I, I hear I hear that I mean, and I get disappointed. I don't like I as an artist, it's hard to like you can't like you don't want to like be too confident in yourself, but like a lot of people do it 
Um, and so it's a lot of people just because a lot of people they, do it. And there's so a lot at stake or yeah, something. They don't want to lose yeah. out on it. A lot of people are really nervous to to put something to paper that has not been planned out, um, especially when it when it uh, is going to be seen by so many people in the public. Um, if it's good, but I that's right. how I thrive. Like I love live drawing. Like I love doing. Like at first Fridays, I always am drawing something while I'm working or while I'm selling my stuff. It's like a hook. Yeah, I can hook people in. So if I, I don't know, I think that there's something interesting about just drawing on the wall and then it becomes not the sketch anymore. It's a brand new drawing, if that makes sense. You can just follow. I do a daily drawing on Instagram and doodle dude uh, Facebook. Art? Yeah, it's a, I, ch- I switched it to art because it's a shorter word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just at doodle dude art on Instagram. It's doodle, doodle dude. dude. Love uh, it. Doodle dude LLC. Dude is spelled D-O-O-D. Doodle Dude LLC on uh, Facebook. I have an actual business. So, um, and then, um, you know, other than that, I mean, just, just following along is more than enough. Where can um, people, can you, do you sell stuff? Yeah. So I have a website at com. Again, Dude is spelled D O O D. I have my portfolio. All of my paintings are up there. Um, I love this. I'm going to show. Yeah. I have show all this <laughs> little this little doohickey here you brought um, me is beautiful i can't wait to i'm gonna get it framed <laughs> and i'm gonna hang it in here somewhere um, but yeah i mean all of the uh all of the i have like those drawings all of my daily drawings i'm on daily drawing 820 and i have them all categorized on my website so that you can really go in and find what you're looking for i have all my paintings i have my murals on there the parlor one included um and then i also have a full shop so i sell like uh i have probably I have prints of like 10, 15 paintings on there. I have prints of probably 10, 15 of those on there, just hand-selected ones. Guy Fieri one. Um, yeah, I do have a print of that on there. I sell apparel. Um, I have coloring books. That shirt? Yeah. That's I a do. Dope I shirt. design my own apparel. I have a business partner with uh, in terms of the apparel side of things. And um, I just really like use it as a platform to kind of like – you know, if I can't get an art, if I if, if I can't get a, someone from the general public to buy an original piece, which I don't expect them to because it's pricey, they can always buy prints and apparel and go, and stuff that you know is catered more towards their interest anyway. Um, yeah. Like apparel, apparel, anyone will wear apparel. So. 